0: House of Atreides and House of Harkonnen, respectively, welcome to a brand new episode of Warped Celluloid. I'm your host, Jack Rourke, with my esteemed co-host, Chandler Williams. How's it going, Chandler? Uh, how are things like over in your end of the universe?
1: You know, pretty good, Jack, enjoying the break and uh, trying to get some work done. Really excited for this episode, and same. Uh, same. looking forward to the conversation.
0: You know what? That ain't half bad. And I'm assuming someone else is a little busy. Uh, we have a guest here today. Erin Day, to discuss our illustrious film. Can you introduce yourself, my guy?
2: Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Will Fritz. Um, I'm a big Lynch fan, and this was a first-time watch for me, so I'm really excited to talk about the film.
0: I'm excited, too, man. man it's great to have you on.
1: Yeah, glad I, to have you here.
0: I appreciate you guys inviting me on. I'm excited. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was Chandler's idea to have you on. Yes, it was. Chan- Chandler yeah. and
2: I had visual anthropology freshman year together, so I'm glad. I'm glad my name stuck around. I'm
0: happy to be on.
1: I remember you like Lynch, so we needed, <laughs> you know, a guest. But uh, yeah, glad to have you on.
0: It's funny that we do. I mean, we're doing Dune specifically, and we have Lynch here because uh, I. By the way, I did not plan this at all. We're recording on the film's 36th anniversary because it came out exactly 36 years ago today. Nice. Wow.
2: Very Lynchian. Again,
0: I did not plan that. It just was perfectly lined up. The, or- the original plan I actually had for this week was because I knew that the Denis Villeneuve one w- was going to come out. Keyword there being was. It has now been yeah. delayed till late next October. It's probably going to hit theaters and HBO Max at the same time, but that is a discussion for another day. Just a whole other can of worms. No, Denis Villeneuve is not happy about it, and I do not blame him.
1: Can of worms? But... It's- <laughs>
0: um- <laughs> Oh, we're gonna get to the worms anyway. So, Chandler, if anyone hasn't guessed already, what film are we gonna be talking about today? Today,
1: we'll be talking about David Lynch's Dune. A
2: beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. You are
0: about to enter a world where the unexpected, many dangers exist on Arrakis, the unknown incredible secrets have been kept on this planet and the unbelievable meat i see two great houses where kingdoms are built on earth that moves but we have worms sign, the likes of which even god has never seen and skies are filled with fire the prophecy: which will cleanse the universe can bring us A warrior Why? is called upon to free his people.
1: A world that holds creation's greatest treasure. He who controls the spice controls the universe. And greatest terrors.
0: No! A world where the mighty. This is genocide. The deliberate and systematic destruction of all life on Arrakis. The man the magical. Father, the sleeper has awakened. We'll have their final battle. Long live the fighters. Do not show the slightest pity or mercy. Emperor, we come for you. A spectacular journey through the wonders of space and the mysteries of time. From the boundaries of the incredible to the borders of the impossible.
2: Now, Frank Herbert's and talked about
0: and cherished masterpiece comes to the screen. Demo Demolentis presents Dune, a world beyond your experience. Beyond your imagination. Where to begin on this one? Because uh, Dune is, mon- the book I mean and the film, and just like the whole schism of it is monumental.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was, I was doing a little research and then I got extremely daunted because I was like, I'm probably the worst person to talk about Dune because I've, like Lynch, when he signed on to do the film, I have never heard of it. Well, of course I've, ho- I've heard of it, but I've never read it, never seen, uh, well, he didn't see it either, but Lynch had no interest, I don't think, in the film. He didn't even like sci-fi, uh, and I'm not a big, I'm a, I like sci-fi as much as the next guy, but um, yeah. yeah, this was a pretty, it's pretty, ex- I didn't realize how expansive it was, and I tried to read the book at least a few pages, and I got about three pages in, and I did not know what was happening.
0: <laughs> i don't blame you i read the book a couple years ago also during my freshman year of college and uh yeah there were times where it really kind of lost me the whole thing is a very has a very very dry sense of prose to it yes definitely like i'm not going to challenge this position as a classic it is one of the most influential texts in the history of science fiction or, but it's also it also has some issues that i think could be worked out in an adaptation and Look, I'm going gonna, gonna to commit an act of heresies here. I think the best way to make a film adaptation is just to streamline or jettison a lot of the world building.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I, seeing this—this this was the first time um, I had, you know, been really formally introduced to the world of Dune, because um, i you know, like y'all have said, I've I've always known about the story um, and its role in the history of science fiction. But uh, yeah, seeing this made me really want to watch it. Uh, I mean. Re- read it Excuse I mean me. it makes me
0: want to see the Denis Villeneuve one even more now oh absolutely you know, although I will say that when speaking of the worms I kind of like the design of these worms better than the ones we've seen for Villeneuve's films so far
2: yeah I watched the trailer I had not seen the trailer until after I finished this movie because I didn't want any I didn't want this the Lynch one to be spoiled and um I thought it looked very it looks sleek as expected but I thought the worms looked a little too sleek it was very they're very circular kind of look
0: like assholes don't they
2: <laughs> kind of yeah yeah I i'm not the yeah. first
0: person to make that joke nor will i be the last but come on it's right there it's right for the taking i mean like
1: stylistically i i can see that this is what was sleek and modern in 1984 when this came out in the same sense that oh, yeah definitely this the new one looks sleek one for of 2020. the
0: most expensive movies ever made up the time. it was one it had a budget of 40 million and only made back around 30 which for Lynch is his still his biggest grossing film
2: ever. <laughs> still not a not a lot. Did it do more than really Mulholland Drive? Did it do
0: I thought Mulholland I Drive? Thought, was
2: actually... I think I think with uh like uh career post like after theater release, probably not. I think Mulholland Drive probably surpassed it, but I think at the I think at the time, uh for theatrical releases, Dune is still Lynch's biggest success, which is kind of unfortunate but i which guess which is weird because
0: it's still a bomb like i mean his other movies are a lot more profitable than this even will holland drive which is still only grossed 20 million but still at least it made back its budget at least it. yeah it's no. weird yes. to know that there's a david lynch movie with action figures and trading cards <laughs> and marvel <laughs> comics tie-ins yeah well i mean
1: like this was set up to be a huge blockbuster so it kind of makes sense
0: trilogy too yeah Lynch was already writing the sequel for the adaptation of Doom Messiah by the time, time the film entered production, the
2: first one. I, I had read he had planned two, two, three sequels, and he said they were complete. yeah, you're right. They were completely
0: written the, for the trilogy. I mean is... he was basically going to follow the timeline of the book, so that makes sense. It's odd to me, though, that he committed so much to it because
2: he just hates Dune so much nowadays. He's so he, that It's like a traumatic experience
0: for him. I mean, I don't blame... If you want evidence of this, just go look at the TV cut that has him credited as Judas Booth. A, a, <laughs> name a, yeah. combo, a fake name that is a combo of the man who betrayed Jesus Christ and the man who shot Lincoln. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any more obvious way of putting it. Yeah, I think...
2: But surprisingly too, I saw I think why people oh I never watched Dude, but I was such a big Lynch fan is because everyone says it's not like Lynch's it's not it doesn't fit in his filmography. It's the It's it, not like it's Lynch's kinda... other work.
0: There's people but... another interesting thing is Frank Herbert, the original writer, didn't hate the movie at all. He was actually quite not quite fond of it, but at least he wasn't as harsh on it as a lot of other people were. I'll say that. Which reminds me of what happened with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a few years ago, where the original author more or less gave it the okay, but the fans fucking hated it. And honestly, on both cases, I'd say the fans are wrong. I'm sorry, especially Hitchhiker's Guide. That movie is too much fun. Well, what were you gonna
1: say?
2: Oh, well, I was just gonna say I think I think there are certain moments in this film where I they really felt uh, Lynchian. And oh yeah,
0: the crossfade montages.
2: Yes, the dream sequences. Those,
0: those little I mean, transitions near the end where it looks like the film is literally ripping apart. Mm-hmm. Which, I want to know how they did that. That is legitimately, like, how did they do that? Like, impressive visually. And, like, the part where, where uh, Paul is drifting ring across space and these giant rings are just, like, spinning past it. I mean, it almost looks like something on a Virgo. Yes, or, like, a really, yeah. like, trippy 70s sci-fi
2: Yeah, and it was surprisingly violent, too. I thought the scene in – I called it the green room scene where we're kind of introduced to uh, Baron and Sting's first Baron Baron's not a man of That was such a wonderfully wacky scene where he eats the boy and he's floating around the room. I had no idea what was going on, but it was probably my favorite scene of the film.
0: I kind of want to be a fly on the wall in the theaters that were playing this when it first came out just to see how fucking confused people were at the time. Because here's how dense Dune is. They had to hand out a fucking glossary to people at the ticket booth when they bought, t- or when they bought an an admission for this. Yes, I, I am on the
2: cheat sheet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, oh god. And also, if I may, I I have really only one major complaint with this movie outside of pacing. The or the the stuff that you can tell is like Blade Runner. They added a whole bunch of narration over scenes to see, because they thought audiences were too stupid to get it. Here, yes. honestly, I think this might be worse than Harrison Ford's narration in the earlier cuts of Blade Runner, which, though he merely sounds like he doesn't give a shit, but this, it just doesn't, it's not like anyone does a bad job acting. It makes no sense, because, Randy, there is a way to work around this. Just reach, Randy, the narration they grew, it can just be taken care of with title cards and a couple extra lines of dialogue. Yeah,
2: I thought it was pretty painful how often they went to this sort of inner voice, and it wasn't just for Kyle McLaughlin's character. That's Paul. not. I'm talking about everyone. like the stuff
0: where they where they have like Virginia Madsen like fade over the footage, like just like the opening scene. Oh sure. Oh that well, that's I, the kind was
2: of added, that was reshot by uh, David in the studio after the original yeah. cut.
0: So and the, the Laurentis who put a lot of money into this and. Uh, for good yes. or for ill, good, I mean, good things did come out of it. In this ultimately, well, one, this is what, I mean, what made Kyle MacLock on a big na- or a name, and that's what, and he ended up working with him on da- on Twin Peaks during Blue Velvet immediately after this. Which speaking of de, de, Laurenti- de Laurentiis, <laughs> yeah,
2: because he brokered after Elephant Man, uh, Lynch brokered a deal with him for three films, Dune being the first, and he somehow finessed his way into Blue Velvet for his second, even though. I'm sure Laurentius was not too <laughs> pleased with Blue Velvet. No,
0: he was, or an action, I'm not sure what he thinks of Blue Velvet, honestly. I know it was a movie that really shocked people at the time. Like, Roger Ebert fucking hated it at the time. Like, it,
2: Yeah.
0: Which, granted, Roger Ebert's never been all that hot on David Lynch, but still, on that film especially, it's, it felt like it was the end of the fucking world of you just on his word for it. Definitely. Yeah,
2: that one was pretty savage by critics and yeah. people
0: today still. I don't. I know. mean, today, I think Blue Velvets, for an opinion, is it's probably regardless of Lynch's best film these days outside of I mean, outside of that or Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lynch is
1: definitely an acquired taste, um, not only to like big film buffs, but I would say, you know, definitely to just the general audience. I
0: honestly well. don't think he got respect from the public until, or in, I mean, not fully until Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah, even then, I, that that right yeah, that was kind of short lived because that was kind of short lived because of all the is- production issues on the second season. How fire, fire walk with me was utterly savage at the time, like Quentin Tar- or Tarantino even hated it at the time, yeah, which is weird
2: to me because I think fire walk with me is probably one of his best films, if not his best. I
0: film agree, I totally agree. I agree. It's nice to, to know that when in time a lot of people have come back on Lynch, even Dune. Or Dune has met a massive cult following at this point. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I had always heard that this film didn't fit into his filmography, which is one of the reasons why you know I wasn't really like you know just going out to work, try it. to find it and watch it. But it's a lot of it did feel Lynchian, like mm-hmm. you know I forgot that that worm, not the not the big worm, but like the the, the little maggot. one, the
2: space the space bug. Yeah, yeah the oh, maggot. God
1: like thing that when when he had the close-ups of like its mouth or whatever or like some some orifice and like there's smoke coming out of it and it was like
0: you know all the industrial noises too first off that that felt
1: very lynchian before
0: we continue can i just say that this thing is a random fry clinically flooring and how good its production design is yes like the special effects are a little bit hit and miss I and mean, mostly the blue screen stuff, and a lot of 80s blue screen doesn't age well well, because he was like brand new at the time. It's why looking back at like early or in mid to late two thousands digital cinematography is just so makes me wince I and mean, like otherwise, this is a i think a fairly spectacular looking film definitely. i was very
2: i thought I was expecting a lot of kind of terrible effects, and it has a handful. But they're more just a product yeah. of uh, it's time.
0: Like and like it's like out. how there's no I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't think they were gonna be able to get any better than that at the time. No, no, right, like, yeah. They look like something out of Tron.
2: That that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say it reminded me a lot of the original Tron.
0: Yeah, and I mean like
1: those were honestly forgivable. Um, and I was able to like, you know, look past them. But because some of Tron, them were actually very visually, you know, stimulating and artistic. I was
0: where <laughs> say, like the again the production design like how each world feels very distinct like the green or the green room and everything it has this regal authoritative look to it. Shit, I just realized we've been recording for almost fifteen minutes now and we haven't even subbed up the plot. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's James, basically that's... this this it's like ten thousand years in the future. There's a medieval monarch or in monarchy or in another medieval monarchy. One is very like high up, class and and poly- polished, and uh, the other is very like grotesque and debauched and depraved and just sickening. I'll leave it to you to guess which one is which. Anyway, they're both <laughs> after the substance, or in a substance, called, or in called the spice on the planet, du- or in Arrakis, aka Dune. or in Dune, and well, shit unfolds from there. The best way I can describe it is basically Lawrence of Arabia in space, which yeah, is funny considering how before and before David Lynch got involved, and even before Jodorowsky, which we will get back to eventually. Uh, David Lean was one of the names they wanted to get on this, but he declined. Mm-hmm. But the, the cinematographer
2: is uh, same cinematographer as Lawrence of Arabia, if I'm not
0: mistaken. Is it? Okay, I, I'm gonna have to pull a letterbox for this. I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not I was gonna say if there's any. Fr- I remember Ridley Scott almost made this instead of Blade Runner. One of his inspirations for it was actually The uh, Battle of Algiers, which was an art house war movie from I think Italy.
1: I've, I've heard of it. That's interesting. Yeah, let's. I, see really
0: uh, I, still... I mean, like
1: watching this, I couldn't help but like think about star wars you know like how yeah, how much okay, of a direct response yeah. was this made to star wars
0: i was gonna say yeah. well here's the thing the book had been around long before star wars it was about it'd been around since 1965 I all mean, right but yeah yeah i know yeah, that but like it like, at all at Star on the that people are like oh this is gonna be our star wars or conan the barbarian or some big sci-fi fantasy thing also early which back, makes the uh, not the which same makes the uh, <laughs> I was about to say it's it's He, 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 he shot, he shot cited the Elephant of Man Arabia.
2: His... Yeah, he cited Lawrence of Arabia as his inspiration for the film.
0: Uh, he also shot I, the Cape Fear remake for Martin Scorsese, the same the cinematographer who did this. So that's interesting.
2: Yeah, and there's some really nice wide anamorphic lenses in some of these shots that was very. I wish
0: I they used more of later. later. I was gonna say it looks big, which I. Or, which I really respect. Like even the sandworms, which I don't think are entirely pulled off well. Like it, it's mo- like the wide shots of it; those look convincing. But the stuff right where like they have Paul or and Paul and the other Atreides riding it that that looks a yeah. little. Uh, it looks like you remember how in like old black and white mo- or in movies how they use rear projection and background compositing for when people were driving. It looks yeah. kind of like that. It's that it's the disconnect between the foreground and the background that just be right, that becomes distracting. I think. That wakes you up to the oh yeah, this is a special effect.
1: Yeah, well, a lot, really of, a lot of the miniatures were pretty believable. Um, just like the the establishing shots of the planets and like their their uh, structures, I, those those were very well done. But like once you introduce the worms, then it, it gets kind of kind of tricky. The
0: worms, I all I remember when the trailer for the new one came out was a people talking about Pink Floyd because they almost did the music for the Jodorowsky's Dune, which. Right. Man, that one is, again, an entire can of worms, and an entire can of sandworms, if you will, of itself. Because, (laughs) because, look, it it gave us enough material for an entire documentary on it. They they got Salvador Dali, the painter, was going to be in the cast. Orson Welles was going to be Baron Harkonnen. His son was going to be, I believe, Paul. It was going to be like 14 hours long. and It was going to open on a massive push, and that was going to last 10 minutes long and unbroken. Again. I
1: feel like I feel like wow. this movie could have been so much longer because it felt really, really, it, really, it, it felt really, really hours. compressed.
2: He said he yeah. shot four hours. His original cut he planned to be three, and then the studio said you have to make it two.
0: The longest cut right. I can gather that's still around is either the three-hour-long fan cut or the three or the three-hour-long uh, TV cut, which the TV cut I think is on an out-of-print DVD, and the I found a fan cut on YouTube that is more or less similar.
2: I, I started watching that. I skipped around that fan cut. I think it's supposed to be more structured, closely to the book, from my understanding. Uh, I I, I mean, literally just found out about it today,
0: so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't.
2: That was what that was what the YouTube comments under <laughs> under it said anyway. So, uh, but um, I, I want to
0: give it a look though. I do.
2: They do feel. But speaking of like length, I do think they're missing pieces, especially when it comes. To uh, oh, yeah. Paul's relationship with Ch- Chani, I believe. Dude, yeah, that was I, was so say, lost keep,
0: I keep forgetting she, how late in the movie she was introduced. Who I think one of the problems that's going to f- definitely get fixed in new film is that they are probably going to introduce her a lot sooner. Oh, and well, they yeah, like so be the,
2: you know yeah. she can be a part. Oh, yeah, it. they're going to
0: push her in the hell out of her in the marketing, at least. Yeah,
2: and I thought that when I was watching the film, I was like, he's going to meet this girl, be like, you're the girl for my dreams. And then they slowly fall in love, but it started that way. But then they just. Yeah, I was in gonna love, say, which eh.
0: here is the problem I have with Dune in general. In general that's kind of I, that makes me appreciate it in the same way a kid looking through a toy store window, I and mean, like I feel like it's distance. It always feels like one of those properties that just prioritizes plot and world building over character. Yeah, definitely. which is why I haven't gotten into stuff like Warcraft or, or Warhammer, which, like really geeky epic in sci- sci-fi sci- fantasy stuff.
2: Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that consensus. I think the problem with dude, if I don't... boiled it down is it's bogged down by exposition far too often.
0: Again, yeah, that's uh, yeah, why I think it was like, better be or just cut Because like we, the
1: the exposition could have been like fed to us much slower, and I think that that would have been so much better than have it be like.
0: I mean, in all fairness, fed to us. They are trying to cram a book that's like almost 800 pages long into a two-hour movie, so yeah, do what you, you, know, what and you got?
1: Stilly, and like the the um, inner dialogues that that kind of was, you know, felt the stuff with crazy.
0: Paul I don't, I don't mind so much. I mean, no,
1: no, but I, it, but it, like a lot of the others, that... all over the place. And like when when the guy I forgot his name, um, when he turned out to be a traitor, like that just out of oh, out of nowhere in a
2: sense Dr. Like, Dr U I think with the do- the diamond that, on his head
0: Was that Maxwell yeah. or who who was it? I don't remember. I'm looking. I'm looking at the cast list of
1: It didn't doctor it didn't yet. feel like anything. You know like I no. I could tell that it was supposed to be a you know big deal that he turned out to be a traitor but like I had spent so Dr. little time Max
0: with Holmes. it. yeah. That was it, Max didn't,
1: it didn't hit, you know.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. And I think the that's the problem with odd.
0: I'll give Lynch credit is that everyone here clearly is trying their asses off. This is not not, not a failure because it's a lack of effort.
2: No, definitely not. I think it's more just a botched overall picture. It got lost in the edit, I think,
0: frankly. Uh, uh, Yeah, we're never going to know. Because here's the thing. Universal offered Lynch to let him finish his director's cut, but... He was so burned by this experience that he's like, no, please leave me alone. I don't want to talk about Dune anymore. Let me or, And let me be. And you know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't yeah. blame him at all. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, but like, you know, it's been almost like 40 something, almost 40 years Yeah. Uh, since it came out. It's like, I think a director's cut would be more profitable and more desired now than back then.
0: Who knows? Yes. Maybe they might get him back or in a back, or in back, to do something if that Netflix movie doesn't pay, or, in, or show. I don't remember. He'd There's rumors that he's doing something for Netflix, and I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, a new, new
2: series, apparently.
0: Uh, I mean, like, I'm not sure if he's going to say or I know this time, but you know what? Stranger Things have happened. We're finally getting the Zack Snyder version of Justice League. Anything's possible? That's, that's very true, yeah. Which makes me so happy.
2: Yeah, I think I think in this day and age, if people clamor for it enough, it will yeah. happen. But I think most people, fans of Lynch, kinda understand his yes. uh he's not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of filmmaker. Fans
0: of Lynch and fans of Dune often hate this movie, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> obviously yeah. like the book fans of the book hate it because it's, right, it's not a faithful adaptation. They, right, they take the characters in weird direct and while well, fans of right, Lynch they we're gonna think that we're gonna see it as just like this writhing mutant on the floor, like, please kill me.
2: All I could think about while watching this is I feel like Dune is to sci-fi as Watchmen is to comic book films. Where That's You've had like, so many it's the everyone says it's the MacDaddy grand opus best of the genre, but yet it's almost virtually unadaptable, or so it's been labeled that way anyway. I was going to say, tried, failed. you're
0: not alone, because I think before we talked about or doing this, I showed Chandler in the 80s all over, but Andrew the one of the Korean co-hosts on the show, oh, literally direct, started off the thing with a discussion about Watchmen, I don't quite <laughs> frankly agree, agree with, because I think Zack Snyder more or less did for comic book movies what the original di- or in novel did for comic books, but that That's is a discussion true. for another day. Yeah, well, I
2: think I think like Terry Gilliam trying to do Watchmen reminds me a lot of um, Jablonski trying to of do, a movie uh, of adaptations yeah.
0: that have gone through so many weird fucking phases. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember like Terry Gilliam almost drove himself mad doing Watchmen.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, which is honestly, I think Terry Gilliam Watchmen is probably one of the best movies I will never be able mm. to see because in a my head.
0: There, there's a script that Brian De Palma wrote for a remake of Treasure of the Sierra Madre. That is legit, legitimately one of the best unproduced scripts I've ever read. Like that probably would have been amazing if they let, or if they gave him the money to do it. I can't remember why it fell through, but man, if you can track that script down, look into it. It's kind of, it's kind of spectacular. Alright, hey, sounds good. It's not a hard one to find. Like a lot, or like a lot of the stuff, you can just find it with an unlike. By the way, the production of Watchmen was so dense that it's even got its own Wikipedia article. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think that I think just with like with Watchmen with Dune, it's just you have such a fan base, but also nobody really understands why it's popular or the wrong people, like studios. Okay. I
0: think, and, not, and I'm really not just talking about audiences. Like, like audience. I think here's the, I think a lot of the times when people struggle with unadaptable material, it's just more, or that they, it's the approach that they take. Like, if you sold Dune to people as basically Game of Thrones in space, which it looks like they're doing with the, this, and uh with all due respect, I kinda disagree with the the Evil news stance on the, or the uh or the shuttering of this to HBO Max and theaters instead of just theaters. Because I mean, yeah, I understand we understand how heartbreaking it is, but we're also in the middle of a pandemic, and this movie was probably not gonna do that great business if it was just theaters, so they're kind of you can't blame them for hedging their bets. Yeah, I think uh, Villeneuve is more
2: upset because he says it's his best film he's made, and I think he just wants the theater. I'm not saying he isn't world. within his
0: right to be disappointed, don't get me wrong. If I made something on this scale and heard that, right, that it wasn't going to get this broad re- release, I mean, it's still getting going to theaters, don't get me wrong. But it's going to both, it, I mean, just so people have options, and because no one knows how long this fucking virus is going to end. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I feel like this would have done, you know, fantastic in theaters. But it seems like such a huge picture, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe people are just so used to like washed out Disney crap, or of crap that maybe they. Were, but it, with serious stuff like this, does better on TV. Again, going back to the Game of Thrones comparison.
1: No, I mean, I I disagree. I I know some of my non film buff friends, and like they're even. They were even excited for this, you know, because, like, Zendaya and Timothy Timothy Yeah, so I think that's – yeah, that's a a good thing to reel them in for, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think – Yeah, but how many of them would have stayed? That's the problem. There lies the problem. Yeah, sure.
2: I wonder, really, if it will be – how similar it will be. Because I think the trailer – I was surprised by how similar to Lynch's film it was. It kind of looked like the same movie, just with better effects.
0: Both, and, like, better, but better effects, a lot more subtle acting, and a uh, less out there visuals because this new one looks a lot cleaner than the original do because this has a lot of grime and color to it, which I like, frankly. I do and too. I like the kind yeah. of News one too, or in two, it's just they are different beasts from each other. Although I am disappointed yeah. that uh Ralpa isn't going to be in the in the next one because uh, yeah, probably my favorite character in the book, and he and Sting playing him in this movie. It he's not in it a lot, but when he is. Man, he eats the fucking world when he's doing it. He is having a damn good time. He wants you to know it every second he is on screen. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did like Sting. It's like Jim Carrey's Riddler if he didn't talk as much. It's, the, it's that kind of over the top. Yeah,
2: I think they could have had like Tom York play him in the new one or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that my god. Funny. I feel like you that's,
1: that's the plan.
0: <laughs> like you would just play him as like a miserable like self-hating wreck. Like, this will will stab you? Yeah, uh, but yeah,
2: but Dave Bautista's beast, I think, is that was like, I mean, I was like yeah. dead on casting. Of course, like he was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine too. So,
0: so, I was gonna say, say it seems like he's bringing a lot of crew back, and I do think the right direction is they got Eric Roth to write it, who's who wrote Benjamin Button and a lot of other, and big like long movies, and he knows how to handle scale. So I feel like that's a good, I mean, that was a bolt and a good choice in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I think I think this one will probably—I mean, Blade Runner 2049 was probably my favorite film of 2017, next to Lynch's Twin
0: Peaks Return, if you count it as a film, which I do, personally. <laughs> um, Listen, I count miniseries as films, and yeah, Twin Peaks yeah. Return more or less is a miniseries, let's be honest. I don't think they're going to do anything else with Twin Peaks outside of maybe books or re-releasing the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, but- I agree. I honestly I take it a step further from what you had to say and say Blade Runner twenty forty nine is my favorite movie of the 2010s, of the entire dick
2: It's, I mean, it's just beautiful. So if yeah. if it's just the cinematography yep. alone, that's and, what's going to get me
0: to. A and I'm nine. not saying I don't have faith in Villeneuve to pull this off. Again, Warner Brothers already has a as a prequel TV show in development for HBO Max on this. It is clear that everyone involved has confidence in this. So, or, so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And again, he made a good sequel to Blade Runner. Fucking Blade <laughs> Runner. A movie that is impossible to make a good sequel to. You know what? I as think far as I'm header. concerned, he can do whatever the hell he wants. That When you pull off a magic trick like that, that is really the kind of thing that earns you confidence and respect in my book.
2: Yeah. I wonder, too, if Lynch... Because I want to say he was ahead of his time, but I don't think he... Necessarily in some respects, yeah. I think it's yes. In some respects, he was, but in others, I do think Star Wars influence just kind of took the wind out of the sails of whatever a Dune film could have been.
0: Which is in, ironic because it's probably what got this made, like finally got it off the ground. Definitely. Well, when yeah. I looked
2: up. When I looked up, when did Empire Strikes Back come out? Because I was 1980.
0: Like, okay, nineteen this literally right. was dropped a year to to after Return of the Jedi.
2: The worm. Year. The worm that came out of uh, uh, you know, when Han Solo they're on the. And they're like, wait, this is that? Are those teeth when they close okay. in? That worm design? I was like, who had a space worm first? I mean, it was in the Dune oh. book, sure, but yeah. Lucas beat him to putting it well, on screen.
0: Well, hell, I mean, it's not even just sci-fi. Like again, the sandworms. Cut to a few years later. You know what else has sandworms? Beetlejuice. <laughs> Damn right. Damn. Right.
2: Yeah, anyway. sandworms and uh, they're they're and then tremors of course you know yep. I think
0: oh fuck I didn't even think about tremors
2: for, I thought about tremors that? this whole movie I couldn't I was like they're oh, like yeah. don't move the vibrations will upset the sandworms I was like that's tremors <laughs> now wait, all I'm wait. thinking of
0: is when Kevin Bacon saying fuck you and <laughs> right over every time they pop up out of the ground
2: yeah I thought
0: I don't know I I think
2: the um with the new dune i think it will ultimately i don't think it will d- make david lynch's dune disappear forever but i think it will oh, God definitely no. i don't know i'm hoping it will see. it's probably going to be regarded as the better adaptation yeah but maybe we'll see more people watch the new dune and maybe it'll get reconsidered because i really don't think it's deserving of all the hate it got when it I came out it just,
0: if anything it's an okay movie you know I, yeah it's okay. okay it's a mixed bag is what I, I mean, is the best way I can put it, and yeah. I think that cult following has well. One, this has been surprisingly tr- treated well on home video over the years. Like this thing is always in circulation. I mean, like at yeah. least a theatrical cut. Like it, it's still it's still on Blu-ray. You can rent it pretty much anywhere, anywhere. So it's clear that there are people who like this movie. Movie. There, it has a cult following that's at least been around since at least a few years after it came out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of it, and a lot of it I did not like.
0: Um, <laughs> Hence, so. why I say mixed bag, my friend.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like you know, it's been almost forty years, and we're still talking about it, so I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, there's something to it, which I'd argue the same of sucker, saying like sucker punch, and to a lesser extent with a film I don't like, Jupiter Ascending, which is probably the closest our generation has to its own Dune. It's either that or mm. Don Jones Warcraft movie. Yeah, well, but like Warcraft the did
2: well to a degree.
0: I'll say this about... and If I had a gun to my head, I'd definitely watch this over Jupiter Ascending, because at least this doesn't feel like fucking homework.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, was, I had some fun to it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I definitely had some fun with this film. Um, Any movie I've...
0: with Sting and having a knife fight with a guy at the end, I can't hate that entirely. And um, speaking of rock musicians and uh, big-scale sci-fi, you know who did the score for this? Was it
2: Toto by who did uh you know, Africa, song, you know, know. We Africa? Oh, when when when, when, the Tona, went, which, when spoiler alert for Dune when the rain finally comes, I could not believe they didn't play Africa. I was like, uh, <laughs> Toto, that was your that was your one needle drop. That was your chance. That, but if I mean I can see that would have been funny. Well, the end credit song was so
0: cheesy. Anyway, um, I was the, like, it wasn't entirely down. cheesy. I mean, God, it looks like the opening to like a sitcom or the Love Boat or something. With yeah, like, with the, the overlays. Yeah, that was. <laughs> which, a bold cho- choices were made here. That's yeah. all I will say. Anyway, I genuinely love that Toto score, though. We got like that big theme is ominous; it's foreboding. It's perfectly fitting for Dune, and also the prophecy theme, which actually they got assistance from for from Brian Eno on. Also, really lovely film writing, music.
2: Yes. Yeah. It, one of the one the score piece. I don't know. This might be too obscure of a cut, but uh, when when the base is uh, being exploded uh, by the Baron and whatnot, um, it reminded me almost verbatim of uh, the Kingsman score. The when the bad things happen in Kingsman score. I don't know. I called it the bad things happening score. Uh-huh. It's like the more it's. Almost ver- identical to uh, Kingsman's same, same uh, song. So I wonder there's if there's only so many notes you uh...
0: play and temp music <laughs> especially now more than ever has become more commonplace. So I don't blame you for hearing. Yeah,
2: it was, but it was like eerily similar. I was like, did yep. Toto inspire
0: Kingsman? <laughs> I'd like to think <laughs> so. Possibly. You Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't put it past Matthew Vaughn. I mean. Definitely not. Yep. Honestly, I think the score is one of the, or, and the visuals are the two things that, un- ran unambiguously, the movie gets right, both on a this is cool level and this is the book level. Yeah, Dude, I, I think
2: the production design is just
0: immaculate, yeah, really. The score, the score sounds cool, but it's also ominous and dreadful. Like that main theme, or the theme it's foreboding, it's massive. And it feels like everyone, everything's about to get destroyed like an evil. It's like what if the Imperial March was the main Star Wars theme? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yep, and speaking, of which I think the thing that kills it for a lot of people is that the ending is too happy for the note because, like Ender's Game, this is basically the anti-hero's journey. Right, right. because even right at the beginning, it's broadcast that Paul is not the Messiah. He is going to going to be the. He's basically ending Return of the Jedi if Luke Skywalker was the became the Emperor.
2: That's he, what I got. That okay, that's that's definitely what I got. And Herb our Frank he's Herbert a said dictator, still, it's gonna
0: fuck up everything. He's not a hero. Bro, yeah. And that's why he's scared of his own destiny.
2: Well, he said his um he said the book was about not trusting your leaders. You know, that our leaders might be false leaders. And I was like and with with Kyle McLaughlin or Paul, when he comes into power at the end, I was I got the sense I was like, oh, he's gonna be kind of a dictator. Like, this is going to be yeah. not any better.
0: It's going to get so much worse. Yeah. And so, And I'm really curious to see how we're going to read the sequel books at some point, point set, right, just to see how much this universe evolves. Because they go even further down the line, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Again, right. books are fucking dense.
2: <laughs> Which, well, I'll be curious to see how Villeneuve, uh, how he yeah. splits up his films, too. Because he yeah. has two, he
0: said. Yep. If the if the first one even makes money, who knows? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, and I really think it, right, Warner's is hedging their bets by putting this on HBO Max too. Yeah, really? I, don't I mean, know. I'm thinking yeah. I in favor or in favor because I'm like, they know that this is a really big gamble in theaters. Really, also, I wouldn't. I, don't know.
1: I wouldn't say that it's a huge gamble because I mean, like any space epic that has a huge book you know, following it, I think it's going to make money. I think they think yeah. that it's going to make money.
0: It's hit or miss, because, again, remember the YA boom of the early 2000s? Right, and how oh, quickly that petered out? That is why I say this thing is always kind of a rocky start, is, like, which horses you bet on. Because there's yeah. also some big, strange ideas here, or right, in a play here, some stuff that might make audiences uncomfortable. Like, the Harkon, co- like, try pitching the or in right, a character disgusting and right, deranged as the Harkon we're joe popcorn so like your average
2: no i i definitely see that uh being a
0: potential issue but at the
2: same time too i agree with chandler i think the star power is just gonna really uh help at least it's it probably don't get an initial audience you're right i don't know if they'll stay but they'll at least get them in the seats or yep. their couch <laughs> I
0: mean, no, we won't be able, we won't be able to know until it's actually or, or, or right. the release is actually said and done or, and so a lot of this is just basal speculation who knows
2: that's true right. let's hope yeah let's hope there are movie theaters for this film to come out in
0: at all yeah. I <laughs> mean who, who can say at this point I'm really hoping that this doesn't spell the death of cinema mm, Remember, yeah I mean we so have a vaccine we, now that's getting distributed so we- Maybe watching that's this film, music.
1: watching this film made me so much more excited for Villeneuve's version. It kind
0: of did too, or it made me do the same. Yeah, like it, I did, like yeah. It immediately went and watched the trailer
2: when this was done because I was like, I need a taste. Like, I know,
0: I can't And wait another thing it. that uh, that reminded me of the modern blockbusters is I sent the uh, to the Discord a tweet that had some of the concept art for the film. I'd love to that's get a book of like because that concept art is gorgeous. Ron Miller, man. And just looking at those stills, like, fuck, they really got this. Yeah, I think,
2: I don't know, I think Dune, it's a weird one. I don't think it's as accessible, even as, like, Lord of the Rings, which I think yeah. has its weird moments. But yeah, it's somewhat weird, but ge- generally
0: speaking, it. it's, it's, a mean, the story and character is pre- or precedent, and it's an easier thing to get people through. Like, the, the only thing dense about it is the mythology, no, the story itself. Is, and if I think they sell that, right, the story aspect, not the mythology aspect, they're probably going to hit it out of the park here with the Rainville News.
2: Yes, and I think if they really play up, you know, should, at the end of the film, they have evil Timothy Chalamet. I think I'll bring him yeah. back for the sequel, too. The,
0: I was going to say, and also, I'm going to say it, I don't get Timothy Chalamet's popularity he is an anomaly. I, I don't I, think he's a bad yeah. actor either. It's just I don't get why they're trying to get cast this guy in like in typical handsome, likable leading guy roles. When I do like Dane DeHaan, I think he could be really good in a really unlikable thing, or in like, or in like as a complete bastard, or at least someone like unusual or off. That's why I think they, it works so well in The Cure for Wellness. Timothy
1: Chalamet just seems like it's—he seems too soft for this role. Like I, he, I, he looks I, like he's never been outside before, and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know.
0: I was gonna say the same thing. I remember, remember when Devil All the Time came out a few months ago on Netflix. I had the same complaint about or, 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 uh, with uh, Tom Holland and that, and the or, or and Tom Holland is way softer than Timothy Chalamet. Like Chalamet just—he looks like a guy who would, sh- or who in high school shoved nerds into lockers. No, I disagree. I disagree. He ran, so you know, he looks like so I mean, someone who's a little shit. You're like he looks I like. like
2: he took he to, looks like he took photos and hung out in the dark room all of high school. I feel <laughs> like I yeah, feel like
0: that's I'm, yeah, I'm awesome. with Will on this. I'm.
2: He's just kind of the he's like the I don't know. I was thinking about because when watching Kyle McLaughlin at first, I thought he was actually a really odd choice for the lead, and I thought he was not doing very well for Kyle McLaughlin. Like. Compared to what I've seen him in. But I was going to say, man, compared to what he
0: became later. Or, like, we yeah, see him as Dale Cooper and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I just thought it was, like, not a very... I was like, he really... I was like, man, I don't know what Lynch saw in him in this movie. But as the film progressed, I was like, he's just oddly charismatic. And I think Timothy Chalamet... Oh, well, okay, I was going to say he, he lacks charisma. But I think in Call Me By Your Name, he is very charismatic. So yeah. I, he has... I'm
1: willing to give it a
0: very shot, very don't you? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I'm always for want- it when actors play against type. Because- yeah. I saw him on SNL last
2: night because um, he hosted this week, and I thought not, not the best episode of Saturday Night Live. I don't I think – I mean,
0: Saturday Night Live has always been inconsistent. Like, I mean, we talk about how much of a dead zone it is now, but over the years, there's a reason that no one really talks about the 80s SNL outside of Eddie Murphy. There's a reason. I mean, yeah, like, it's yeah. always had peaks and valleys. It's always –
2: Definitely.
0: Well, um, I mean, then, go ahead. You go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to turn this into a Timothy Chalamet hatred, because I do think he is a talented.
0: <laughs> I mean, actor. yeah, I mean, first I'm off, just, we're filmmakers. I'm it's not, we're, we're a lot of this, bear in mind, we're saying this in jet. Yeah. like, again, we don't know the guy personally. And I yeah, do think yeah. he has been good in In films. And I actually do like him being cast as Paul in the new dude, because yeah. you're going to need someone who can believably be the anti heros journey. So, and I think actually like, of, of the current crop of, of White Boy of the Month, as, some, as people on Twitter call it, he's probably the best fit.
2: Yeah, and they didn't, like, cast Harry Styles or anything. Like, they weren't trying to be too pandering. I do think Bill yeah. will cast Timothy Chalamet for his ability over
0: his star power,
2: but I think I'm, Warner Brothers you know, is using his star power.
0: I'm convinced that oh, market, anyone definitely. can be good in front of the camera. It just depends on how you use them. Like, even Harry Styles, yeah, I, like, I, Harry I, I, no one used him in Dunkirk. I well, like Harry Styles be in and the,
2: Dunkirk. Harry Styles is going to be in that new Olivia Wilde film with Florence
0: Pugh, which, honestly, that would be really interesting to see, too. Yeah. Hoping it's better than Booksmart. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I'm going to get crucified
0: know. for that. I'm gonna...
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not touching that one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, you know, it's funny that when I was doing research for this, I, I, was look, I, mean, I was looking on Google, and one of the first questions I saw about Dune is, why is Dune so weird? I'm not even (laughs) kidding.
2: I I saw something that said, why is Dune so bad? And then the list was like, "Mm, it's boring.
0: I was happy to see that there were even articles from like five or ten years ago that were in writing in this movie's defense. Like, hey guys, when y'all kind of missed the boat on this, this is more interesting than you'd think. Yeah,
2: I would, I don't know. If I'm talking about recommendations, I think I would give Dune a soft recommendation. I would say if you love sci-fi, there's no reason not to watch this. If it's de- just it's worth watching car. but
0: tread carefully is what i'd say be careful yeah i know you're going really into something right that you're going to go into this with a lot of baggage either way either
2: yeah definitely and i'm i mean i think i've also just seen a lot of really bad really boring movies so this was an above average film honestly because it just is so unique but if Unique doesn't do it for you. I don't think you're necessarily gonna love it.
0: I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'll take a, a film that is very that is mixed and has a or that has a lot of bad, but also a lot of good when good, and it stands out from the pack than something that is overall passable but ends up like leaving your brain ten minutes after w- watching it. Definitely, yeah. for sure.
1: I would. I would agree. I would. I would rather make one of those films.
0: Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. I too think weird to
2: live. Too rare are, to, rare to die. There. Definitely.
0: Anyway, I feel like, I, mean, I feel weird because we just, we've been talking for almost an hour now and I th- and we haven't really, t- I feel like we barely talked about Lynch's Dune and just like Dune as a general thing. But I think, <laughs> in a way that feels fitting though. No, because again, Lynch really does not like bringing this up in interviews. Mm-hmm, like I think no. the closest I've seen him acknowledge this is like the ad for his Masterclass series. Yeah, like they, he, he's like,
2: okay, you can put precisely one parentheses number one clip of doing my master class
0: <laughs> all right in the ad, and just the ads for it too by the way i got like a year of it for a dollar because of some or in some student deal when i forgot i literally forgot i had it until just a few days ago ago so i might bring oh, up yeah. that lynch master class
2: i took i actually took lynch's whole master class and i highly recommend really? it
0: i don't think i don't know i'm excited I,
2: I don't, don't think I learned too much, but it's just, I just love hearing him talk. So, oh, yeah. That,
0: that's what I expected. That, have so you seen art life? I've no, seen I of it. I, I still have to finish it.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I, I really loved it. And um, he talks about his first time smoking marijuana,
0: and I just thought, oh, <laughs> have you so seen nice. his daily weather reports? Yeah. They're so I'm good.
2: I'm watching them on YouTube.
0: I, I'm wearing dark glasses right now because I'm seeing the future, and it looks very bright. <laughs> I've been reading, God, I've God, actually David. been
2: working my way through his autobiography, Room to Dream, and he, Chandler, it's also funny, he also talks about smoking weed for the first time in that book as well, so he must really like <laughs> that story. He smokes a lot in general, I
0: and mean, mostly, mostly cigarettes, not weed. I and mean, yeah, He talks about that in a very Meditation influential
1: way. It must have been a very influential experience for him uh, overall, <laughs> marijuana in general.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt it. <laughs> well,
2: there's there's one great story where I'll tell it briefly. He said he went to a Bob Marley concert and smoked, got too high, saw his ex-girlfriend there, wanted to leave, came home to his apartment where his roommate had like friends over, and he's like, get your friends out of here. I'm t- high and I want to go to bed. And then his roommate said uh what are you, he's like you left the concert early he's like who walks out on bob marley and lynch di- said i do motherfucker now i want you to move out tomorrow and that way he <laughs> <do it out> <laughs> <anywhere>. <laughs> i was like if that's not a young david lynch if you yeah, couldn't see who out. david lynch that would correct. become it, it all yeah it all checks out
1: i think you i think it was bob dylan
2: Oh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I said Bob Marley because I was thinking of marijuana. You might I mean, either Dillon. way, it tracks. Bob
0: Dylan <laughs> yeah. just makes more sense because it's more Americana. And yeah. Really, no, no mean, it was definitely
2: Bob Dylan. I was thinking of Bob
0: Marley. I was going to say, Bob. you could write yeah, a book about, about Lynch's unique, unique uh, version of, right, of Americana, like just on Blue Velvet alone in Twin Peaks.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, and I mean, like going yeah. back to going back to uh, the art life, he just seems... Like more fitting has as his whole character and vibe as an old man. Like seeing him young. Yes,
0: yeah. he's had white <laughs> hair forever. He's had the same hairstyle for forty years, and you know what? I respect that level of commitment. Yeah,
1: like you know, some people that are just like born old, old people. souls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like Tommy Lee Jones has looked like somebody's dad ever since he was thirty. Like look back at him and stuff. Like our Eyes of Laura Mars. Like the re- his really early appearances. He still looks older. Like even like or, in the, or in the great Wilford Bremley, who unfortunately we, we passed away this past summer. He looked like someone's grandpa, even though, though in 1985, he's the same age Tom Cruise is now. Man. Yeah. I think, well, Lynch, well, he wore like
2: the suits to high school. Like, yeah, you can no. tell he was really, yeah, I mean, he was out there. And I think yeah. also Chandler, you mentioned something, or both of you, you mentioned something really interesting about like Lynch. He's very big on, talking about Americana life, and I think Dune is a really odd movie too because you strip that element away from him. He's not on, in America anymore. He's not even on Earth. So I feel like- I was gonna say,
0: they didn't even shoot, they barely shot in America outside of- or in the set. shot in Mexico, that's, yeah. Exactly, that's where I was going. I can't remember where in Mexico specifically, but I mean, it's worth it. It definitely looks to sink. I have a little fact
2: here that I wrote down. It says, uh, two hundred workers spent two months hand cleaning three square miles of Mexican desert for location shooting.
0: Could oh, you imagine? Wow. To get
2: those to get those dunes to be as like pristine as they looked. They had two hundred people go with hand just by hand picking up trash, which is Honestly, I can't believe Lynch wasn't, you know, I feel like that sounds like such a Kubrick move to be like, okay, I mean, we're going to go out to the desert and pick up all this trash.
0: I mean, you know, in long <laughs> that's term, cool. that's probably a good thing, though, because ecological conservation and whatnot. Oh, well,
2: no, dad, yeah, no, it definitely was, it was, no, it was definitely Again, good Good things idea. coming
0: out of a mixed bag. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Geez, I, could not, I would not want to have been one of those workers, even if I could have met Lynch.
0: <laughs> I doubt he was even there. Hell, I, like Lynch, I'm also an Eagle Scout, and I couldn't imagine doing that much work. Yeah. I've, By the way, I've, David Lynch I've, is an Eagle Scout.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is odd, because he seems kind of against the whole Boy Scout thing. But I, guess I was going to also... say, he
0: seems, I mean, well, one, he's not, not among other company because hello. <laughs> but still, it tracks. It tracks because of his view of America. Because I also think as much cynicism as Lynch has, he also has a, right, a side of warmth and humanity. I mean, like the way he treats the murder of Laura Palmer in, or in Twin, Twin Peaks, like when we see her, her as herself, like, yeah, it's incredibly dark and depressing, but there's still a human being there.
1: Yeah. He's not a nihilist they,
0: like someone like Lorraine Lars von Trier or Michael Haneke. No. Or, well, and Dale Cooper is the ultimate Boy Scout. Like, oh, totally. tried and true. Dale Cooper is bad. I mean, is great. And also the Elephant Man, which man, very few movies get me to cry at the end, but the ending of that movie just fucking destroys me.
2: That's like the only that next to Dune. I think that's probably I do think it's an amazing film, but I think it's one I have no interest in rewatching just because it is so heart wrenching. That is a Um, painful. The the ending of that
0: specifically, and that's why I say character. Here's the thing: I the character and plot stuff getting in a tangle here because lynch is very very good with mood atmosphere and especially character i mean it's, i mean twin peaks obviously there's so many men role characters but even something like the elephant I all mean, right man like you feel for I all mean, right for um what's his name john merrick I mean, the, yes I mean, like so much like when he fu- okay spoilers for the elephant man but a the movie's 40 years old and b it's an, it just entered the criterion collection and it's been readily available ever since so if you it's have also not seen a, the based on a true story watch the elephant man
1: <laughs> i actually have not seen it Oh it's... my God, Chandler, close your ears. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking my headphones out for like ten seconds.
0: All right, I'll, I'll message the chat when when I'm done. Anyway, the ending of it is the thing is, They set up that the that John Merrick can't sleep normally, like people laying down in bed, because his head is just so swollen and oddly shaped that the that the ran rush of blood to it would just kill him. And at the end, he decides he just can't take it anymore and decides to like finally get rest. And you feel satisfied yeah. for the character, but at the same time, he's killing himself. You know, like it's the it's I mean, he's found peace but at what cost and it's just god it tears me up inside
2: yeah that is i do think i think lynch is really a beautiful filmmaker and he really understands humans but i think dude, that's why i think he is an odd choice for dune because it is anything but human i don't really I say I it's really very liked, cold it yeah the most, there's not a, di- not a human quality to it at yeah. all or I I mean Cha- I mean maybe the love story with Chani and Paul but that was so and then that's still lost stilted
0: over. and not in the usual David Lynch stilted way either. No, yeah. I, like 50s B movies stilted.
2: Yeah, and I do I think I think overall I felt emotionally compelled at Dune
0: occasionally
2: but right when I thought we were going somewhere they I would think are going,
0: going back to that score time. it does a lot of that heavy lifting. I think yeah. Definitely. And I think honestly, the more the only feelings I had were like shock and bewilderments. Like it, the actual serious emotional beats don't really land all that well, which is I think the, the one problem that keeps doing with, with this. How do you is that yes, it is a very interesting world, but we need to make these characters like people were interested in and recognizable as humans with goals, <laughs> goals and desires and personalities.
1: All right, yeah. I'm back. Jack, All the right. answer. To, I I just I just heard the second half of that statement, but I'm gonna go and you know I'm gonna shoot for it. Um, I think the answer to do that is like have it in a book because I don't think you can adapt things perfectly um, and like have their same, you know, have them hit the same.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, mean, I think that's one of the reasons the unreliable narrator thing works so much better on the page than it does because ha- I mean re- very few filmmakers can really or I mean, do develop that sense of distrust without losing you completely on screen
1: yeah totally because i mean like i i read the game of thrones books and you know i watched the series and like i cared so much for all these characters on the page rather than on the screen and i'm sure um frank herbert does the same thing because like i didn't i really didn't care for anyone except for uh you know paul dale cooper dale cooper in space <laughs> yeah um, dale
0: cooper in space
1: <laughs> so you know i'm sure i'm sure herbert would make us care about all of these characters that we see say, you know like die yeah, off and
2: all. I especially like her his dad the relationship between, between uh, him and leto yeah i'm
0: excited for Villanue to tackle cuz i imagine that when just from seeing jason momoa in that one trailer i'm like yeah they're definitely going to get the human part of this right the human...
2: yeah well oscar isaac playing leto i think is a great i think he's a great
0: great choice for oh that role oh my god Oh my like, god! This whole thing is stacked. Josh Brolin, Timothy Chalamet, amazing Javier
2: Bardem is in it. I don't even know who
0: he is. Javier Bardem is in it. No Country for Old Yeah from No Country for Old Men.
2: No, no, I mean like I don't know who he's playing in the film. I know who. Yeah, right let, me look, let me
0: look. He is playing Stilgar, who was in this version played by Everett McGill, who was also in. Oh, he's yeah, he was, a, he was actually a David Lynch mainstay. He was in or in Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks: The Return. Yeah, he was also in too. The Straight Story, which spoiler, we may or may not be covering in a few months on a on a pod on a front of the show, uh, Dallin Agaton's podcast. Yeah, nice. Seriously, I the Straight Story, I think, and that and Inland Empire are the one Lynch thing I still need to get around to. Straight Story is now officially
2: the last Lynch film I have not seen.
0: But I think I will like it's, it. It's, it's the one I'm most excited for because it seems like the smallest and quietest. And you know what? I'm really in the mood for something like that. That sounds delightful. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. solid, excited to watch Inland Empire, actually, because I have not seen it.
1: And I want, I, you know, I want Lynch unleashed, just all of his. He, he, all you know what? I mean,
0: that's fair, but there are, I keep a list of stuff that I, mean, that I call the if-ya-nasty yeah, list. That's, I have stuff that's too disturbing <laughs> or too intimidating for me to watch. Like, a lot of Lars von Trier's movies are on that list. Ichi the Killer is on that list. Uh, right. Yeah, right. and uh, to an extent, *Inland you know Empire* is, but not because it has stuff on Ichi the Killer, which it has or it has Meeble's nipples getting cut off with scissors. Uh, yeah, that's an instant uh, right off right. Right. I'm not even that queasy with gore either, but God. Yeah, I'm, yeah,
2: I love gore, but that's that's too far.
0: That's oh yeah, not gore, I enjoy. Well, too far, and too far seems to be Takashi Mikage's modus, modus operandi. <laughs> yeah. I love, I think
2: I, speaking of gore, I did really enjoy how bloody this film surprisingly was. I mean, there's
0: blood in parts of it, but mostly it's just fucking gross. Like, right, how bloody, like, just, like, this big, fat monster, almost inhuman monster with, like, all these boils and, like, blisters on his face.
1: Yeah, I I did
0: like that, too. By far
2: my favorite character, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Stolen. I, lo- I love it. that character's name so much. I mean, that is one of the great fictional names because you get everything about that character just from that. It's so theatrical and pompous and yet gro- Baron Vladimir Harkonnen.
1: I want to know how he, they made him fly.
0: Yeah. I, was really I good actually man. do not that was know. it's very impressive. I was going to say it's impressive, but it's also off putting. Like every time they do it, I just felt like, what?
2: Well, yeah, oh, I didn't really know why, why he's flying. He's <laughs> flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: like, I read the book, so I don't remember if that was in there or not. Maybe it just, yeah. it's just something about that Spain, felt right? that
1: right. felt pretty Lynchian, just to like have a character randomly flying like that.
0: Oh yeah, he, and Sting like... and having Sting in the background for pre- pretty much until like the very last scene of the movie. Just because he's Sting, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Sting is just... fucking awesome. I oh, mean, um, by the way, they so he was one of the big things they sold the movie on because the police were fucking everywhere at that point.
1: Oh, I can imagine. And it was yeah. his
0: only is it was his only
2: uh, acting credit at the
0: time. Actually, it isn't. He was in a uh, lot's and two smoking barrels. He's in B movie, which B movie, oh, uh, hell uh, yeah. He's in uh, Bruno, oh, the Sacha oh, Baron no, I mean, Cohen I mean, movie. I mean,
2: sorry, yeah, I meant his only acting credit. Like it was his first, like made was his debut. Yeah,
0: he has a cameo in Baron Munchausen. He's also in a few, or in a lot of, concert documentaries and whatnot. He just appeared in that uh, Have a Good Trip documentary on Netflix, which Ch- Chandler um, and I, yeah. have seen, and I. If anyone's interested in, like, the history of or, you know, psychedelics, go watch that. It's a very fun watch. Basically, I just
2: on my parents watching at
0: the end <laughs> one <laughs> time.
2: <laughs> what are you guys watching?
0: Okay, <laughs> it like, feels breaks. like the weird inverse of that, because I'm usually used to my parents walking in on me watching weird shit.
2: Well, that's all I felt, too. I was like, well, the shoe's on the other foot tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. So the tables turn. Yeah. Turn, tabled. <laughs> go. Uh, anyway... Like generally, I'd give I'd give this like a six out of ten. What about you guys? What would you?
2: I'm thinking six to seven, six and a half maybe. I think I gave it a three and a
0: half on Letterbox. That's what I. That's what I gave it. This rewatch for me, it made it a little better and a little worse.
1: I I give it a yeah. solid seven to seven and a half. Just just like the visuals the are what really. Yeah, yeah. The craftsmanship and the the production design, uh, and the visuals, they. Yeah i think i really really enjoyed that aspect and so that's what i'm gonna what i'm gonna I think there's one thing that's undeniable
0: time. on either side of the aisle where you are love it or hate it is that this movie is a massive swing and that alone is worthy of respect definitely
2: i agree with that
0: whether or not it's a home run or a strikeout uh well that's up to you enough right inside i'll think- talk uh what will have you ever seen anything else this week you'd care to mention or recommend
2: uh well actually I've been uh I haven't been watching a whole lot but last night I watched the film uh, Christine from 2016 uh, no, about didn't... the real life uh well I actually I'm to say it. yes yeah about her uh her what she did on TV
0: I won't say too much because I think that kind of spoils uh the yeah, film but it was a really, kind of, kind of yeah. a little too, dis- too disturbing and too real for it.
2: Yeah, well, so it was very, um, it was very, I'd seen the director as, um, the devil Deve all the time, time which I was just about to get
0: around. With. And honestly, and it's, it's definitely the better film. The- pro-
2: yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to see it. I thought Christina was very sleekly made,
0: and it was, it was, it was very a great, was I thought. Like, in an insidious way, I think.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a very solid. It's got a box. sense
0: of creeping dread and just har- and horrifying empathy, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I I know it's a little, it's got some mixed reviews for sure, but I don't know. I haven't seen, too, I've been watching the Santa oh. Claus trilogy with my roommate, so it was a nice, long,
0: oh, long, long, long. They long, are not, long.
2: they are not that great. I <laughs> mean, imagine. Many. But uh, it, I so I thought I was I was kind of I was impressed by it. it was very it was a very sleek film and I've also watched Tetsu the Iron Man which is probably one of the most oh, yeah awesome. fucking disturbing crazy things I've ever seen like it was I mean Chandler I think especially as a as a Lynch fan yourself I think you will really like it as well but it is oh my god I don't think I was not prepared for how disturbing it was.
1: I've heard it. it's still like chaotically similar to like Videodrome, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah it
0: is. Okay. Yeah, okay.
1: Who
2: came before it's or like, after
0: Videodrome? I forgot.
2: I think it is very. Yeah, they're very close. They're very close together. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-nine.
0: 80. Videodrome was eighty-three. So it's that. I'd say that's about six years. Yeah. If Videodrome is all about the flesh, this is tetsu, about the machine.
2: Tetsu is about what if your flesh turned into iron. <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> like, it's
0: more it's cyberpunk
2: yeah it's I'm cyberpunk or oh gosh there's there's some harrowing scenes though but it was yeah. i mean it's very it's like requiem for a dream level of like intense amazing editing it's very visceral not for the faint of heart but also just one of the best movies i've seen it's,
0: in a long time too you know what be like, a fucking awesome double feature that and hardware richard stanley's film Mmm, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm still pissed that isn't on-streaming stream- or, or even the blu rays out of print right now. Now, because that movie fucking rocks.
2: It used to be on Hulu for the longest time. So, that's like where I first saw it, too.
0: Time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was kidding. Gonna... It's uh, it gave Also, that, used that public image limited song. <laughs> also, Iggy Pop as the radio DJ in the opening is just awesome. And, the, and oh, speaking no. of Dune, like, God, the look of the blooded desert in that opening scene. You know, that, those harsh reds and oranges, it's just, God, it, it is a cool-looking movie. movie. Yeah, Like, I don't want to say it's a great film, but on a production design and aesthetic level, it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
2: That's kind of how I feel about Tetsu. It's, like, technically very impressive and visually very impressive, but the story is, like, paper thin. <laughs> like, it is yeah. just an excuse for them to do a bunch of
0: crazy shit. I've heard Which, the same honestly, argument about Mandy. or in the Nicolas Cage film.
2: Yeah, it's like but if it's like, okay, what if Mandy did like uh like five lines of Coke and then they <laughs> like
0: and was in black and white. Actually, yeah, here's a Galaxy brain idea for a triple feature. Hardware, Tetsu of the Iron Man, and Darren Aronofsky's Pie.
2: Oh, Pie and Tetsu are that's great, a great comparison. Pi and Tetsu go so well together. That anyway. was a great, yeah,
0: great double. Not as much as you'd think, and I'm here's the thing: if you look through my letterbox, dude, I mean, it's like a movie every fucking day, every right, day. Which, yeah, I'm I've looked at the exact number, and it's two thousand seven hundred and fifty-six. Man, yeah, nice. Not I bad. I watch too much stuff. I, was, I did get around to watching uh, Michael Mann's The Insider this weekend. Yeah, it's really fucking good. It's really I mean, it, Michael Mann definitely earned those Oscar nominations. That's for sure. Yeah, like, I, know, I need to
2: see more Michael Mann. I've seen um, uh, Heat, and honestly, I controversially was not the biggest fan of Heat, so I need to see yeah. more from him.
0: You're not well, well, just, you're like, not alone here because Chandler also isn't the biggest Michael Mann fan. Right, man, I, yeah, I appreciate him more than
1: I actually like him or enjoy his films. They're just... It, yeah, not, exactly. Yeah. Cold.
0: I think cold was the word you used. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. They're, they're. They're like... Yeah. Sterilely made. In That's a good what way, makes. But me. also, like, I mean,
0: Michael Mann makes movies about goddamn professionals. It's awesome. Like, yeah, I still think there's humanity there, but it's just it's Some people grasp it, some people don't, and I don't think ma- everything ma- Mann makes is beyond criticism. Like, unlike a lot of film Twitter, I really don't care for Miami mean, Vice. The movie, the show is fucking awesome, but the movie, I just don't get the love for it. Yeah, anyway. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of stuff or of stuff that is made very digital and clean, I watched the new David Fincher film Mank. Oh, what was, did you think of Mank? Pretty goddamn terrific, honestly.
2: Yeah. That's good to hear, because I feel like a lot of people are kind of dumping on it,
0: which yeah, I'm disappointed it by. Weird. It does feel weird, and weird that people are dumping this much on a new David Fincher movie, but I enjoyed it. I really, really did. I like the black and white photography and how faded it looks. The score by Trent Reznor is fantastic. They got or, the dialogue is fantastic. Fantastic! The whole I mean, movie has this great undercurrent I mean, current of pol- or in a political theme. Themes in speaking truth to power, and yeah, gener- I mean, without feeling pretentious or spoon feeding, it's you I And mean, generally. It just sings the whole thing. It's probably my favorite movie of the year, beside uh, Possessor and Tenet.
2: Mm, both films I need to see. Tenet. Yep. I, I,
0: possessor. Sure, but- if you possessor can see it, I have the uncut version because man, if this, if Dune grossed you out. This is going to, going to fucking floor you because. Oh. Wow. Well, I'm happy
2: to see a Cronenberg. I mean, I know it's not the Cronenberg,
0: but. I mean, this close, is as close
2: it as. It you makes sense yet. that the name
0: Cronenberg is on it. That's all I will say.
2: Yes, and that makes me so ha- excited and happy to hear. Definitely want to check it out.
0: And uh, finally, on that, we the finally check out The Queen's Gambit. And yeah, man, that lived up to the hype. That was pretty fucking good. And I wish people got, told me to watch it sooner because. If I had known Scott Frank was the guy writing, directing it, I would have seen it from day one. I mean, because he's one of my favorite writers. He did Logan. He did Minority Report, uh, Out of Sight. He did The Lookout with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is a really underrated crime movie. He, I mean, he also wrote, um, fuck what up. He did the show Godless for uh, Netflix, which is a really good Western miniseries. I mean, he also did Get Shorty, which is fantastic. I, mean, I never would have guessed in a million years this is something he'd tackle, but man, did he knock it out of the park. Nice,
1: yeah. Still haven't gotten around to see it, but I um have been meaning to. I'd like to, yeah.
2: I want to, I think I'm gonna watch it for with my parents over it was a pleasant upcoming
0: Christmas time. Oh, yeah. And I showed Spike Jonze's her to my mom, she liked it, which was a nice nice. surprise. Great movie, pretty much a perfect movie. So, yeah, Dune, that was a lot, (laughs) (laughs) lots on talk. We I'm probably about to jam jam to that Toto score once we finish recording.
1: Yeah, now recently I I have just been rewatching a lot of films.
0: I mean, I don't um, worry. it's a holiday. I mean, days, that's the instinct—is to go for the creature comforts and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and I'm with my roommates, and I'm showing them a lot of films that I love. Uh, so oh, we watched best. Amelie, which nice. was amazing—a nice. a great rewatch. Just just so good, so sweet, and heartwarming. Um, and also, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh man like, yeah. an emotional gonna like, trip
0: gonna mend their hearts and break their hearts all in the same oh, week oh <laughs> yeah I, know, I still need to finish reading ant kind i got a copy of it a few months ago and i i'm still on like i don't know 30, page 30 yes i would I like, mean, like my to read that back in Savannah, so i'm gonna have to just finish reading it in that, in later but still i've liked what i've saw so far yeah it's probably the most absurd thing charlie coffins wrote so far, like, it feels like it's, it was written on a dare to see if they could write something that is impossible to in, write in a logline.
1: <laughs> I also showed them uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, which was, you know,
0: oh, oh God. always fantastic. Oh God, sure, one I, remember, I, that, one, I remember one year my roommate came in when I was watching Wolf of Wall Street, and he just, like, immediately went back into the room because I think it was the scene where, where Jordan was sorting coke out of her ass. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, that, that I mean, is... look, dude, I don't blame you. Which, another point, I, I, whenever I had uh, math in my junior year of high school, I didn't care. I mean, like, no one in that class cared. So whenever we had a sub, I just goofed off. Like, that's how I got introduced to Filthy Frank, was I had a buddy who, sh- like, you want to check it out? We watched, like, I think, Human Cake. In front- oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, like, in the same day, we started watching Wolf of Wall Street, and it got to that scene in the opening. And an administrator walked in, and I smacked the laptop closed. I think
1: that I think that film gets a bad rap for being for how crude it is.
0: It's, like, oh, it's excessive, but it's got. A oh, point. it is.
1: Yeah, it is excessively crude, but man, is it it's it's just a great! Great story, great film.
0: It amazing. I won't disagree on that, but man, watching that I mean, that in school and actually getting away with it, like the administrator didn't catch on, that felt like getting away with murder. <laughs> well. Anyway, Will, thanks for, having, or
2: thanks for coming on the show. This is great. Well, thank you guys for having me. I had a great time. Love talking about Dune.
0: Love talking to you guys. To be on Love it. talking it about David Lynch age. and Weirdo Movies. Yeah,
1: yeah we enjoyed wow. it. Thanks for being on.
0: Got anything you want to promote? It. Social media, upcoming projects?
1: Uh,
2: definitely follow me on Letterboxd. Um, I think I'm, you can just search Will Fritz and I'll come up, but I'm also Fritz Reviews because I made it when I was 13. Uh, I, mean, I made mine, mine when I was
0: 16, it. so mine was when just retro me,
2: nerd. Would love to amend that someday, but alas, what are you gonna do? Um, I and I have a film. I'll just talk about it here. It's not coming out. Hopefully, it'll be coming out around February. It's called The Milkman. Uh, it's based off of Stephen King's short of The Milkman. Uh, same or well, technically, it was Stephen King's Milkman One and Two, uh, but it's about uh, it's a like a a vegan has just moved into sort of this quaint little neighborhood, and the local milkman uh has been murdering everybody uh with his poisoned milk uh but you know the vegan refuses to drink his milk so the milkman has to conspire other ways to get him to die so it's kind of a it's a little it's a little sam raimi kind of horror comedy ish but um i'm it's definitely one of the best things i've worked on and we're finally about to move into sound editing so it's it's nearing the end of its uh it's creation process. So be on the lookout for that if you want to follow me on I Instagram, definitely will. W.Fritz. I'll be posting updates there. So, yeah, that's all I got nice. for promotion. Nice.
0: And, and sorry you you doing again, but I just, every time you said forced to drink milk, I just imagined the Brazzers logo popping up at the corner. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I'm I'm just 12 mentally.
2: <laughs> I, I, wrote, I wrote in, I co wrote and co directed it. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a I'm big, big project of mine. But nice yeah, man. Thank you guys. But yeah, maybe we could talk about it on the podcast one day. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps yeah,
1: we'll we'll have you back sometime.
0: Awesome. This is,
2: Love to be back.
0: Anyway, Ryan, if you like the podcast, follow us on iTunes or in Tune and Spotify wherever you get your podcast. We have a Twitter at Warp Celluloid. Ryan Chandler and I are on Letterbox. Just search Jack Rourke and Chandler Williams respectively. And then yeah, just keep listening. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming on. Ryan, thanks to our, to our guests for coming on. Thanks to our the few people who listen to us at the this point for just staying faithful and whatnot yeah thanks and for listening yeah. we got one more episode for the year and we're almost done Woo-hoo. <laughs> this lasted way longer than i expected this which is to way. stay past the first episode <laughs> you know what oh, no. respect commitments of the bit definitely right? anyway all right thanks for having me guys that, thanks for coming man yeah that, and everyone oh, yeah. thank you for listening take care i <laughs>